All those things we can't say on the radio. After Breakfast with Mark and John. It's the podcast for Wednesday morning, December the 9th. Uh, Mark Elliott here. Uh, Culture quiz question this morning. People are doing this six hours more now per week than they were doing during the pan- before the pandemic started. Good morning. How about a hobby? Hobby. There's the word we're looking for. Who's this? Don Domenico in Trevor City. Hey, Don, do you have a hobby? Yeah, I collect stamps. Uh, stamp collecting. It's not something I've done. I've done coin collecting before. So congratulations to Don. Yeah, we're working six hours more on our hobby than we did before the pandemic. News that isn't horrible coming up in a second. After that, we will rerun a, a interview that we did with Dr. Karen Bendestin. Then Bestin, the infectious disease specialist at McLaren Northern Michigan. As of today, if you're in a group of people today, if you're in a group of people of 25 or more in Northern Michigan, there's a better than 60% chance that one of them will test positive for COVID. That's an amazing figure when you think about it. 60% chance that one out of the 25 people that you're in a group with is going to test positive for COVID. No matter, just random 25 people in Northern Michigan right now. So it's still time to be worried. And she talks about masks and more. That's up. I won't make you wait through that entire interview if you've heard it before. To hear today's news that isn't horrible, thanks a lot for listening. It's the news that isn't horrible on the Light Breakfast Show. Do you have the Grubhub uh, app on your phone? I don't. Oh, good. You don't have to worry about deleting it then. Grubhub has declared the pizza of the year to be pineapple pizza. Ugh. America's favorite pizza by Grubhub is Hawaiian pizza. Named it. What the heck kind of people order from Grubhub that would get pineapple on their pizza? I don't know. Their second is blueberry pizza, which includes cream cheese and, of course, blueberries. Hmm. Um, Grubhub, excuse me. Let me hit delete right now. Ooh, you're gone. That's for sure. (laughs) So we need to play golf at uh, Michael Jordan's new golf course. He has, like, this new private club. Oh. It's somewhere in Florida. It only has 100 members, but it has the coolest thing ever. It has a drone to deliver your it's beer. It's drone bringing our drinks. It's oh. actually a little drone. you got to be kidding me. And it drops the drinks right on the tea box. Nice. The video system. This is what you need to get Mrs. John to do this out of point. Oh, yeah. Uh, drones delivering your beer. That would be cool. There's a big problem in northern Minnesota right now with butt dialing 911. How do you call somebody with your butt? Uh, Beltrami County uh, in Minnesota has asked people to turn their phones off while they're ice fishing. It seems that wearing all of the equipment you need to go ice fishing, which is like a lot of clothes, because it's really cold, and then you bend over to get the fish and you butt dial 911. There's something about an iPhone. I didn't know this, that if the certain keys are held down for a certain amount of time, it automatically dials 911. So be careful on that. Upper Red Lake is now a problem. The sheriff is tired of going out there because nobody's sharing their fish. And today's a special day. Today is a very special day for us. December 9th is National Christmas Card Day. We are marking Christmas Card Day. Christmas cards. Christmas cards. Christmas cards. Christmas cards. I like sending Christmas cards. Did you get the Christmas cards? Christmas cards. I didn't know you sent up Christmas cards. You send Christmas cards? Yeah, I do. I haven't sent Christmas cards in years. And I may have to start. Why is today National Christmas Card Day, though? Hmm. Wouldn't it be later in the month or something? so, yeah. Uh, now, I have what I have done, though, is I've signed up for a new thing called Pen Pal Palooza. Oh. There's a woman uh, in New York who writes for the New Yorker magazine called Rachel Sign. 
who now has an ability to generate a random pen pal for you. Hmm. So maybe that's the first person I'll send a Christmas card to. Uh, she just decided to do it because she wanted to start writing people. Now there's 7,000 people involved. You just put your name and address in, and she will generate someone to be a pen pal for you. Penpalooza.com is the website. I'm just concerned I'm going to have to write the thing about 12 times, you know, because my handwriting is so bad. Someone asked me, someone called me the other day. They got their uh, official coffee certificate. Right. Uh, and they said, hey, nice for a nice note that you sent me with my coffee cert. What did it actually say? Just <laughs> nobody can read my handwriting. I will practice my handwriting so it isn't so horrible. This is news that isn't horrible on The Light Breakfast Show. Dr. Karen Den Beston is the infectious disease specialist at McLaren Northern Michigan. We talked to her on November the 11th. So when we talked, we talked back in April and, you know, things were starting to get under control. We spent most of the summer in what I think would be okay shape. I wore a mask. I stayed away and tried to distance as much as I can. And now we're in a situation where I heard the interview you did the other day with Nikki Devitt from the Petoskey Chamber, a 15% positivity rate. What's happened? Yeah, we've seen uh, exponential you know, growth of our COVID cases here in um, northern Michigan and in our region. Back in March, I think when I spoke to you last, um, that's when we had our first cases of COVID and we saw a pretty good spike then. Um, and then we really came together as a community. Um, everybody was totally adhering to the guidelines, mask wearing, uh, washing their hands, et cetera. And we really got our numbers down to almost zero for weeks, if not months uh, on end. And then I think summer came along and people have be, you know, let their guard down, become careless, um, gotten out. Um, socializing and uh, our numbers uh, steadily started to increase and really over the past two weeks we've seen an exponential um, growth of our COVID cases. One of the numbers we look at is our percent positivity rate and what that is is the number of positive cases over total tests done. So um, we were kind of running a positivity rate of less than 1%, 1% around there. Um, over 5% would be considered, you know, just uncontrolled spread. And over the past two weeks, our positivity rate has gone up to 15%. And that was a couple days ago. It may even be higher than that today. Um, at any one time over the summer, we'd have a couple patients um, in our respiratory isolation unit. And I was just up there a few minutes ago when we have um, 25 patients in our respiratory isolation unit, and probably a third of those are uh, intubated on ventilators. So we've seen a huge spike in the number of uh, patients on our respiratory isolation unit. So it's really been phenomenal, the amount of growth that we've seen in COVID just over the past few weeks. And I should point out that um, there is no end in sight. There is... Um, there is room for, for just exponential growth here in the number of cases of COVID. How do we fix this? Well, I think that the, the trajectory of this pandemic rests squarely on each and every one of our shoulders. We know how it spread. We know how to prevent it. Um, simple, simple measures and getting back to the basics that we all know work is what's going to be necessary. And we're going to need to come together as a community and everybody is going to need their, to do their part if we're going to, you know, cool this down and stop the transmission. Um, 
masks are very effective in preventing transmission. If everybody wore the masks 100% of the time when they're um, out and about, when they're not at home around immediate family members, we could prevent the transmission of this upwards of 80%. Um, keeping away from other people, social distancing, not gathering in large crowds, washing your hands, but most importantly, wearing those masks. These are very simple, inexpensive, basic measures that can be done um, that will stop the spread of this, but everybody really needs to do their part. It's not hard. Everybody needs to do it, though. There's a lot of talk about vaccines with the Pfizer announcement um, yesterday. Uh, there's a doctor in uh, the UK who said, hey, this is all going to be over by spring. I mean, is are vaccines going to save us? That's very encouraging, um, the Pfizer announcement. Um, they were, this uh, this vaccine is, uh, has very good um, efficacy. Um, they were talking about 90% um um, immune response to the vaccine. I think that the um, safety data is still pending. Um, there'll probably be challenges with that vaccine. I, from what I understand, it needs to be um, it needs to be transported, frozen, so that there are going to be logistical challenges getting it out to everybody. I can't imagine that it would be readily available for several months. Um, but that's really good news, and this is going to be the way out of the pandemic. But I should point out that even with the vaccination, it's going to be a very long time before there's widespread availability and enough people vaccinated. And we don't even know how long the uh, um, the immune response will be to vaccination. So these basic things, wearing the mask, washing the hands, these are going to be measures that we're going to need to do for a very long time even if a vaccine is available within the next several months. We're going to need to do everything in order to um, slow down the transmission of this virus. We canceled our trip to Chicago for Thanksgiving based on the fact that we just felt that that the travel would have been inappropriate and we'd have been getting together with three other households at the time, and, and we thought that was just a little bit too much. Um, Christmas, we're probably faced with the same thing at this point. Um, um, if, if, I mean, you've said wear a mask in this particular interview now about six times, and I, I think you could probably say it another six times. Is that the, is that the number one thing? I mean, is that, is that, I mean, it's not the solution, but is that the number one thing right now? It is the solution. Um, it's the number one thing that you can do. It's simple, it's effective, and that's, what we have available right now to, to prevent the transmission. Everybody needs to do it, and we could slow down the um, transmission of this virus. You know, I would point out that people might not really understand why they need to wear the mask. They might not see what's going on. Most people who contract COVID will, will do well and will recover, but a certain percentage, you know, anywhere from 1% to 5% of people um, will, will die of, of COVID. And people don't see that. They don't see what I see. They don't see all the people in the hospital that are succumbing, getting ill, and dying of this. So when you don't wear a mask, if you did have COVID and didn't realize it and did not wear a mask, you can transmit it to somebody else and not even realize it. And there are a few degrees of separation here. You could transmit it to somebody who would transmit it to somebody else who would give it to their grandmother who would fall in and die of it, and you wouldn't even realize the harm that you did by not wearing that mask. Is the uh, is the hospital uh, the hospital resources are pretty thin right now, aren't they? Yeah, we have an amazing group of nurses, healthcare providers here at the hospital. 
I would point out that we have good surge plans that we developed back in March that, that are fully implemented. Um, we have um, resources. We're available to take the COVID patients. But the problem we're running into now is that um, healthcare workers are falling ill themselves of COVID. So our um, staff is um, our staffing is becoming problematic, and our healthcare providers are our, our resources are pretty thin. Uh, the transmission that we're seeing is not in the hospital. We're, we're dialed in in the hospital. We have the personal protection equipment that we need. We've been wearing masks since March with, uh, you know, eyewear, hand hygiene, et cetera. The transmission we're seeing is these uh, small group settings outside of the hospital, getting together with family, going out for dinner. This is where the transmission is happening, and our healthcare workers are falling ill to the point where we're really not able to um, – staff the way we need to in order to take care of everybody and we're having to divert patients to other healthcare facilities. Um, we have a respiratory isolation unit and we have good capacity to expand and contract that unit as needed. We've had to expand it twice here in the past two weeks. Um, we have good capacity with ventilators, but uh, our human resources is uh, where we're falling short right now. If you had the power right now in whatever political situation that you might be able to be put in and you could make mask wearing, a, a non-mask wearing a crime, would you do it? Well, you know, it saves lives. It's the moral obligation. People need to do this. They don't realize when they're doing it, but they are saving lives. Um, a mask is not a political statement. It's just a mask and it saves lives. I think everybody needs to hear that and understand that and realize that by wearing a mask, they're being a good citizen and they're saving lives.